I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. Good Monday morning to you. It is about 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, it appears that the zombie apocalypse is upon us. There are absolutely zero cars on the road. I am driving to pick up a load of necessities to deliver to a consignee. So anybody who is under the belief that beer will cure their coronavirus, I, I'm, I'm on my way to rescue you. I will be at Anheuser-Busch picking up a load of beer and delivering it to a distributor because if you can't get well, you might as well get drunk while you're ill. Um, I don't know. We, here, here in my area, um, small town. America, we don't, we haven't been seeing a whole lot of panic, which is a good thing. There are some people that are talking about it. For the most part, we're all being sarcastic and joking around about how ridiculous people are in the panic because, well, you know, you're looking at a situation to which, um, a respiratory infection, which is basically what it appears this is. It's a form of SARS. Um, a doctor broke it down in a blog that I was reading the other day, and uh, he basically just said it's a uh, coronavirus is kind of like a slang term that they're using, and that it's just it's a form of SARS virus, and that it's um yeah it's it sucks for people that can contract it and actually show symptoms, which is only like somewhere around like 19 to 20% of the people that contract the virus actually show symptoms, which, okay, that's a good thing and a bad thing. And, uh, you know, but I want to, I want to talk about the, um, just some of the facts that I've run across and, uh, you know, what what we're possibly looking at here, more so from a, a reactionary standpoint than we were looking at from a actual threat from the virus. So it's it's been a couple of weeks since I've done a, a, a solo podcast. I'm uh, at the moment I'm having issues with a sound card on on the computer. Um, converting audio and uh, from through a, through a mixer into my uh, my new recorder. Uh, if anybody has any experience with that, get in touch with me. I would love to actually talk to you about the the issues I'm having. I think what's happening is I'm I'm getting a little bit too much power um, from the mixer, and um, no matter how how low I turn the decibel rate. And the input rate, I'm I'm not getting um, I'm not getting power 
and the softwares that I had been using in the past, for some reason, are only recording one side of the conversation, not recording both sides of the conversation. So I'm trying to maneuver my way through this, and it might just be um, a situation in which I have to buy a new computer in order to do this, uh, which which sucks at the moment because, well, um, I took some time off for the death of my grandma and uh you know like when you're a when you're a blue collar guy and you're trying to you you lose a little bit of pay you spend uh the next five to six months trying to catch back up so that's just the way it goes so that's what we're doing we're we're in the process of catching up my wife's uh industry went through a slow period through the winter and uh so so we're all we're spending a lot of time trying to catch back up and you know, that's that, but, uh, enough of my, my problems, uh, first world problems, you know, I'm still able to get you a podcast, which is ideal. Um, so as I was saying, Okay, so so let's let's look at we what we can figure out about this this coronavirus epidemic uh, from the facts that have come out. We got a situation into which the average age of death is over the age of eighty. I think in um, it was in Italy where they've quarantined the entire country <coughs> and. Uh, due to the inability for the government healthcare services to uh, come up with enough healthcare equipment to deal with the pandemic. You're looking at a situation to where there, the average age of death is, uh, I think I said it was like 81 and a half years old. Um, in America, the stats I looked at last Friday, which over the weekend, I didn't look at hardly anything. Um, there's been one person in their forties that died. I think one or two people in their fifties that died. The, the vast majority of the people that have died is between the age of 70 and 90. Um, the, I think once you hit 80 years old, it, it the increase it increases like threefold the the um, death rate increases threefold, which means it's going from I think it was three percent at 70 in the set in your 70s and up to 15.8 percent in your 80s something something along those lines um if you're young and healthy have no respiratory problems uh no history of respiratory problems your death rate your it's 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 about i think it said somewhere around like 0.1 percent or something like that so it's um not extremely deadly for those that are young and, and healthy. Um, it, it appears to be like a really bad case of bronchitis for about three days, three, four days, and then you just kind of get over it. 
if you uh, if you seek health care, you know, uh, and, and get, you know, get treated. So that's not an extremely horrible scenario. Um, that's but the panic is it seems to be what's causing the vast majority of issues. Um, people are having troubles finding groceries in grocery stores. All the shelves are being emptied and cleaned off uh, by people panicking uh, about the virus, about the potentiality of catching the virus, uh, thinking they will die. They're assuredly going to die if they catch the virus. They are treating it as if it is the new AIDS epidemic in uh, many cases. And um, But the, the truth of the matter is somewhere between 80 and 81% of people that actually contact the virus sh- uh, show no symptoms. And that's for those that have been tested. If you consider that you're showing no symptoms, you're more than likely not going to go get tested. Um, and when I say symptoms, the symptoms are a uh, dry cough and um, a fever. And that's that's what they figured out, that it's a dry cough and a fever. So if you have a stuffy nose and you're sniffling or you have diarrhea, you're probably not dealing with the coronavirus. You're probably dealing with something else, um, whether it's the flu or whatever. But. On the 13th, last Friday, Trump declared a national emergency. Now, this is where it gets scary to me. Um, when, when, they, when the United States government goes into a form of national emergency, you can basically, you can basically just kind of look at it as... Um, the president has been given, granted dictatorial powers. And it, for as many people as are scared of Trump's powers, they certainly haven't been trying to curb the idea that this is a national emergency and that we are so close to the potentiality for martial law that it's insanity. Um, If you live in a a city, which seems to be where most of the panic is occurring, and it also seems to be that's where most of the cases in the U.S. have presented themselves due to the exposure you have to people on a day in and day out basis, then you're probably, I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at medical checkpoints sometime in the near future to where they can draw your blood without your consent. They can force you to, uh, to turn over medical records or, anything like that uh, and potentially be put in quarantine. This is uh, extremely scary as to 
you're also looking at a potential for Trump uh, giving FEMA complete control over the political system, which means there will be no checks and balances. There's not going to be any votes. People aren't going to have any say. You're looking at a situation to where they're going to be stripping liberties left and right. And if you thought the Patriot Act was bad and has had ill effects, the state of emergency, the state of panic that the United States in is in at this particular moment in time is probably 13 times as bad as the Patriot Act. And I just throw 13 out there. I don't know why I used the term, the number 13, but it is extremely bad for the potentiality of liberties. The Federal Reserve has cut interest rates to zero. They're, they're attempting to blame the coronavirus and this pandemic on their uh, ignorant monetary policies for the last 11 years that have created a new bubble that was bound to burst and that libertarians and economists have been telling you is going to burst, you know, for at any time now. Last summer, Ron Paul said that he was estimating it would be between 12 and 18 months that um, that the bubble lasts. Now, the pandemic and the scare around the coronavirus is not helping. It is actually creating a scenario to where it's speeding up the process of the upcoming recession that we will inevitably be involved in, but it is not the cause of it. And that is what people need to remember, that the coronavirus did not cause the Federal Reserve to bail out bankers and hedge funds last August. That is not a result of a virus that did not currently exist at that particular time. And the $1.5 trillion that they're pumping into the economy today, QE5, is not a result of the coronavirus. Its timing is a result of the coronavirus. They were going to pump this money into the economy to bail out banks anyway. It was just a matter of when. So it sped things up. It made things, it, it gave, it's giving the Fed a scapegoat. And there's a part, part of me that can't help but wonder if the, if the fear and the turmoil is intentional to distract away from the monetary policy, to distract away from all the, the evils that are being committed in the name of the United States. Um, Iran has had a really difficult time with this virus and with this pandemic, and the sanctions that the Trump administration has placed on Iran is making it that much worse. And so they're having a really difficult time with it. But still, all around the world, the average age of people dying is over 80 years old. South Korea, only 0.65% of the people that came down with the virus have, have uh, died from the virus. The fatality rate is very low. 
those those showing symptoms very low. When you look at the cruise ship that left um, Japan or left China and went to Japan, one of the two, um, and that was that was parked down the ocean for like a month or whatever it was. Only 17% of the people on the cruise ship actually contracted the virus. And of those, the only people were that, that died were over the age of 80. They were elderly. So this is attacking the elderly. It is, it is, it is extremely dangerous for elderly people <clears throat> that may already have health problems, respiratory problems. They're also suggesting that if you have diabetes or anything like that, that is that could cause you to have a compromised immune system or respiratory system. <coughs> Bless me, I'm sorry. Uh, respiratory system that you um, that you take precautions. So, you know, my dad would fall into this category of somebody who would probably need to be taking some precautions. And working retail, he may come into contact with people that um, show no symptoms but are infected with the virus. So it is something that maybe he should take, you know, extra precautions on, whether that's ingesting shit tons of vitamin C or whatever, making sure that his prescriptions are filled, that he has, you know, some uh, extra prescriptions filled. Uh, I think doctors are allowing for for patients to um, to to uh, get like a month supply or an additional month supply of prescriptions at the moment. They're writing extra prescriptions as needed or as they as they see fit. So you know there there are situations where people do need to watch out. But what, what, I, what I seriously have an issue with is, is the panic. It's, it's the hyperventilating, the continuous um, panic and that, that's, that's revolving and rotating around this virus. Um, you know, schools are shut down. The NBA shut down. Major League Baseball shut down. I mean, UFC still going because Dana White's like, man, fuck y'all. I think this is crazy. Um, you know, he had a he had a meeting with uh, Donald Trump and Mike Pence, and they talked about it. And he's gonna he's gonna move forward uh, with scheduled fights at the moment um, because he 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 believes and that the panic is overblown as do I so the the panic to me is is much worse um, you're you're having fights break out in in stores I mean truck drivers are moving we're moving material we we're not we haven't stopped working there's there there's all sorts of goods and products moving regularly um, I know Georgia Pacific who's a paper producer, has changed their production to where they're producing massive amounts of toilet paper at the moment. Whereas I, I think they doubled it or something like that in order to keep Sam's and Walmart and Costco shelves stocked 
because of the panic. But, you know, it takes a little bit of time for the movement of these goods to catch up with the increased demand. So you're probably going to start seeing here in the next week or so, you'll probably start seeing the shelves looking more, you know, uh, typical. You know, you're, you're going to have probably a normal supply of, of everything within your stores. <clears throat> and by the time this panic passes over and, and gets by us, you're going to uh, see an overage of many of these supplies due to, you know, the uh, increased production of, you know, hand sanitizer and toilet paper and all these, uh, all, all these products that people have been hoarding as of late. Um, so I wouldn't be too concerned if you can make it a couple of weeks on, on your food supply, you should be okay. If you're having issues with food supply, um, I went to the Golden Nugget yesterday and had their buffet and they had plenty of food. So, you know, there's always that. You could always go fishing, you know, go go kill you something, go hunting. You, there are solutions to your problems. You, uh, you can get away with, you know, roughing it for the next couple of weeks if, if necessary. I haven't heard of any power outages or water supply shortages. So if you can make it on, on ramen and fucking chunky soup for a couple of weeks, yeah, you, you'll be all right. Like, like my wife told me the other day, nobody eats lentils and those are, there's all kinds of shit you can make with lentils. So, you know, you can, uh, you can, you can make do. So I just, uh, just hang tight. Everything's going to be okay. Goods and services are, are being provided. The trucking industry has not shut down. If the trucking industry shuts down, that's when you have to really start worrying. Uh, because the trucking industry shuts down for three days. This entire country is, goes hungry. And, uh, everything shuts down within the country. So, just uh, as long as you see trucks on the road and you see products moving, just know that it's going to be okay. And down here, no restaurants are closing. Um, there's plenty of uh, McDonald's and Burger Kings and Hooters and Chili's and everything else is, is still operating as normal from everything I've seen. So you will be able to eat. And uh, your grocery stores and their, the stock of their products will be, will be catching up. But until that happens, we have to really keep an eye on the U.S. government and the moves that they are going to make in order to limit liberties during a crisis. Never let a crisis go to waste, as David Axelrod said. And I would not be surprised that if some of these temporary measures that get put into place in order to limit our freedoms and our liberties don't become permanent and martial law isn't maybe right out in your face, but you might start seeing 
you know, militarized units of police at your grocery store or at your gas station and uh, things of that nature. You might start seeing random, uh, random stops like you see near the border to where they're actually testing people on the side of the road and forcing people into testing whether the person is sick or not. So you have to be really careful and um, we have to keep a close eye and a close guard on ourselves. And um, if the panic continues and if it starts devolving into violence, the move of the federal government will be to lock down into a police state more than you've seen to date. You will have these MRAPs that they've been collecting in the cities on the streets. Those FEMA camps that Alex Jones always warned about, those things may come um, in the form of quarantine facilities. These, uh, the martial law everybody was scared of under Obama, that might happen. The confiscation of firearms, it's quite a possibility. So everybody needs to keep their head about them. Understand that we're all dealing with this virus, that we're all dealing with the panic around us, and that cooler heads will prevail if we can just keep our the hyperventilating and the the collective mindset to a minimum and just take a deep breath make sure you have what you need get to your local farmer's market or your local feed store get you some you know some tomatoes and cucumbers and some vegetables that you can grow and begin to start yourself a garden. You can start it off in pots in, in a warm, well-lit area. Um, get you some sun lamps, some heat lamps. Maybe set your garage up like a small greenhouse with some heat lamps. Make sure you keep them watered. Grow you some vegetables. Get, get yourself a garden started and, and understand that you can get through this, but it's a matter of educating people how they can begin to become more self-sufficient. You know, it wasn't that long ago that people were laughing at preppers and they were calling preppers crazy. But the preppers are the ones that are okay. They have a year's supply of food. They have plenty of toilet paper. They're not having to make do. They're not losing the typical luxuries of life. Those that thought these people were crazy 
and were laughing at them are now kicking themselves in the ass because, well, should have prepared yourself. There's not one city, there's not one state, there's not one location in this world that is safe from some natural disaster. If you're in the Southeast, like I am, like Southeast Texas, like I am, near the Gulf of Mexico, you know that a hurricane hits every four to five years. You know that we lose water and we lose electricity for sometimes weeks on end. There is no excuse for you not having some sort of supplies and being somewhat self-reliant for a couple of weeks. If you live in Boston or New York or North Dakota, Washington, you know there's a potential for a blizzard and to get snowed in to where you can't get out. There's no excuse for you not being prepared to survive for a couple of weeks without being able to get to a store or to a neighbor. So if you've failed to prepare yourself, this should be, if nothing else, a wake-up call to say, hey, look, if anything bad happens, I need to ensure that I have some sort of backup supply no matter how you choose to do it you could have some canned foods things like honey last forever peanut butter lasts a long time some water you know a couple of weeks worth of toilet paper paper towels or just Hand towels that you have cut up into cubes, into squares that you can use as washcloths or whatever else you may need. But the panic is unnecessary. The panic is causing more issues than the actual virus. Now, as far as I'm aware, there have been no deaths due to this panic, but... The entire country's on edge. The entire country is on the verge of exploding into violence against each other. And that's unnecessary. But it's easy to predict that's what would happen. And it's easy to see that martial law is... A moment away. And that these medical checkpoints are seriously a potential danger and threat. What if truck drivers that feel no symptoms suddenly begin getting pulled over and randomly checked? And there are no products moving. Then 
you've created a situation, you've overreacted, the government's overreacted due to the calls for an overreaction by the public, and you're shutting down routes of produce and product moving along the interstates. What if one state ends up with a much higher rate of illness than another? Do you end up with border checkpoints in between states that require the medical examination or to be carrying um, a certificate of good health in order to pass between borders in order to move product to areas that are more in need? Now, I, I've always said that fear is an irrational emotional response to things not yet seen, experienced, or understood. And that is exactly what we're dealing with now. Scientists are working to figure out what exactly this virus is. We know it spreads by air. We know that not everybody that comes in contact with it shows symptoms. And we know that that is dangerous for elderly people. So if I were you and I have elderly people within my life, absolutely take precautions. Quarantine Voluntarily quarantine your elderly family members to keep them out of harm's way. Try to ensure that they do not come in contact with anybody that is potentially infected. If you are going to be dealing with them, providing supplies for them, absolutely go get yourself tested. Find a facility that will test you and get yourself tested and make sure that your elderly family members are taken care of. It doesn't seem that children, even infants, are being affected that greatly by this virus. That there hasn't been, it doesn't appear that there are a lot of infections of children or infants. So, taking precautions, absolutely. That because this virus is contagious. It is absolutely highly contagious. It is easy to catch. It's as easy to catch as the flu is. But understand that those with compromised immune systems are the ones that are at a higher risk. And that if you are a a healthy adult or child under the age of 60, we're just going to say 60. You could raise it to 70, but we'll say 60. You're going to be okay. That for the most part, you are not at the high risk area. So absolutely take the precautions that you feel like make you feel better. But do not panic. You don't have to rush to your store and make sure that you buy, you know, whatever you're buying, hand sanitizer at a higher clip, at a higher rate than you already were, that 
you will be you will be able to find like I mean I go into any of these truck stops which aren't packed they're not full of people and they have hand sanitizers there they have a big like I was just at a flying J earlier and they had a like a a bowl basically of hand sanitizer up at the register that you could buy for like a dollar ninety nine a piece. And, you know, I didn't see some panic of people like, you know, robbing Flying J of their hand sanitizer or buying the entire bowl of hand sanitizer. Just some a little perspective and a little a little understanding that product is moving. There's not a shortage of product in reality that just because the shelves are empty doesn't mean that the product isn't coming. The product is being produced and that it is moving and that the hyperventilating and the panic is unnecessary. That you will be able to make it for a couple of weeks. I would, if you want to take some time off work, take some vacation, whatever, go ahead, do what you got to do. But I would not Look at this as any different than any other kind of virus that spreads via the air. That you are just as likely to catch the flu and die. You're just as likely to die of pneumonia any given year. You're just as likely to catch bronchitis or strep throat or any of these other things. The fear around this seems to be its novelty and, and the lack of understanding about it. Um, otherwise, I don't really have much else to say on the subject. Other than, you know, like I said, it is highly contagious. But there, there, is, there is a risk pool. There is a there is a, a pool uh, age bracket that is at more risk than others. And knowing that that age bracket, the elderly, are the ones at a higher risk of fatality is extremely important. And that more than likely, if you come down with this virus, you're probably not going to experience very strong signs or very strong symptoms. They will be somewhere between medium and non-existent. So, I hope that helps. Maybe you can pass this podcast along to someone who is overly concerned. They can look up some articles and uh, go to Regen X and read some of the blog posts that the doctor there has, has been blogging about. Understand that, yes, it is contagious. Yes, there is a risk of contacting the virus, but the chances of you dying are very low. The chances of it being fatal or serious are very low. Unless you fall into a category of somebody with a compromised immune system, compromised respiratory system, or are in the age bracket between 70 and 90 years old. So, 
anyway, I hope that goes to calm a few of you down, you panicked little pussies. <laughs> anyway, I'm Tommy Salmons. Late.